And now, our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Hey, everybody. I'm Chuck. And I'm Don. And this is Imitating Art, and I now know the username and password of the Wi-Fi where Don's Airbnb is. It's going to come. He doesn't know where, <laughs> where the Airbnb is, though. So, you know, location is important. No, that, that was... Unless he has me low-jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll have you jacked in one way or another. Hey, now. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a funny interruption. Uh, <laughs> it was, but it was a very useful one because, as I, as I mentioned, I went from 0.6 megabytes per second download speed to 185 megabytes per second. So um, you should be hearing me much more clearly now. Yeah, for, for everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, since uh, it's not going to be in the episode, uh, we started recording, and almost immediately, uh, whoever owns the Airbnb Don is at came and knocked on the door and interrupted us. And but luckily, gave him a, a good Wi-Fi password yeah. to a Wi-Fi signal that he couldn't couldn't it find. A, uh, it was a very well welcome interruption. Interruption. <laughs> she sounded nice. Yeah, she was. She's very nice. Um, so, uh, where are you at this week? I am in Salt Lake City still, or again, I should say. Um, nice. Is this the same Airbnb you've been staying at? No, this is actually the, the third one. I was going to stay at um, I was going to stay at a similar at the same one, but they uh, they didn't have availability, so I found another one. Nice. It's nice. It's a nice small room, uh, but it does the trick. Um, yeah, what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, not much, really, uh, as as ever. I mean, not only am I usually not up to much, but also it's still, even though uh, the state is opening up, it's still, this is just the very beginning of July right now when we're recording, and it's still, I think it's too soon. I'm still afraid to do anything. Uh-huh. I thought they didn't, um, well, they, they, they're not doing indoor dining, right? No. Um, uh, Phil Murphy was going to open up uh, indoor dining, but mm-hmm. decided to close it because the numbers started going up. Yeah, I think that's wise. I, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Even so, movie theater, like, Regal announced that they're going to start opening theaters on July 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I don't know if New Jersey is doing that or not, but even if so, I'm not ready to go to a movie theater yet. Even yeah. with like that, they have, it sounds like they're trying to do it right, which is good. Like they have social distancing in place. You, you can't even go back and get your refills of soda and popcorn. Right. Um, I think, I think you have to, it's like a selection of concessions. They're not having the whole thing. Um, obviously there has to be, I think usually when you buy a ticket, it won't let you buy a ticket next to someone else anyway, Mm -hmm. but I can't remember if they're opening that up to having two seats in between people. Okay. That would Uh, make, that would probably make sense. And they have like some like crop duster disinfectant thing. (laughs) I, I, I forget how they described it, but it sounds like it's like, uh, like a fog machine that they're able to spray the seats with and everything. 
maybe it'll do double duty and they'll just set the mood in the theater for certain movies as well. Yeah, I mean, so when people like to go, at least when I used to go and make out in movie theaters and sat in the back, it always, uh, it never really dawned on me that there's a bright movie screen in front of you. So even in the darkest (laughs) corner, it's still reflecting that light and everyone can see what you're doing. Yeah. So maybe that fog will help cover up at least, you know, things below the waist. That's what, (laughs) fair enough. That's why um, that could be good for other people in the theater and also your date. Oh, yeah, for for not... Oh, so I got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, we, you can, so, we, we can short, shorten that pause and add a, add a rim shot in there afterward. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, not, we're not rimming you for that one. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be able to see. Um, anyway... Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't really, I haven't been to many movies since the demise of uh, movie pass. I, uh, got, I got, you know, I got a little bit hooked on it, but not in the way that they wanted me to. Um, right. You well, know, you got, were, uh, you were an A plus member too, right? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. AMC. It wasn't an A plus. Yeah. Whatever. whatever AMC's program was, I was one of those also. Um, it was a little more, but I still like, I got hooked on it enough to do like the membership program. Um, because I live close to an AMC mm-hmm. and, you know, I, you know, I might, you know, there are a lot of months I probably wouldn't have gone to any movies at all in months in a row. So spending $20 a month on, you know, for whatever, three movies a week, uh, made me actually, like I, since I invested the money, I was like, I'm going to, you know, go at least once a week probably to see a movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's more money than I would have been given the theater otherwise. Um, but it's really hard to think about going back to spending like 12 to $15 for one movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's w- w- once you get used to that subscription pass, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah. Um, well, and also another reason you haven't been going to movies a lot more recently is probably due to, I would imagine living on a cruise ship. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, when we were in Alaska, there were a few t- few times where we we were in Juneau for like I don't know fourteen hours, whatever days we were there. So we would have maybe twelve hours. We were there for a long time, and they had one small movie theater. So we it was cons- we did consider going to a movie a few times, but it just never never happened. Or they I think the one time we wanted to go, they didn't have anything that looked good of the two screens they had. Right. So uh, I miss those two screen theaters, man. Demarco four screens, but. Yeah. Well, before before it was DeMarco, which was a second run movie theater, it was it was an AMC. Oh, yeah, that's right. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But before rubber. we got the before we got the Regal. Oh, yeah. The uh, the other I think it was another AMC in the mall in the mall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mostly remember which, the, the rainbow popcorn. <laughs> I don't remember the rainbow popcorn, but sometimes I walk by that section of the mall and I'm like, how the hell? Was there, was there a movie? Was there a movie theater? Here? There's no. I mean, it was. I think it was either two or four screens, but still, it didn't seem like there was enough room. I remember that rainbow popcorn when I was a kid. I remember I saw Jurassic Park there. I remember mm-hmm. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire there. I saw Five Goes West. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I saw My Father the Hero there. Yeah. Um, and it had those great. Uh, what you think of like when you watch an old movie or tv show or, or cartoon where they have those movie theater doors which like it's almost like saloon doors except you know it goes all the way to the top and bottom 
but mm-hmm. it had like the the circle hole in like the two circle holes i think because it was split down the middle to open mm-hmm. like a saloon door nice. and yeah it was just it was just fun cool yeah um have you been uh reading or listening or watching anything this week worth noting uh yeah so I have been reading a book, but then I keep forgetting that I started reading a book. <laughs> uh, and it's, I mean, it's been good so far. It, it's called A Man. Uh, I forget the name of the author who wrote it. I hope well, you, have to pronounce, you have to pronounce it that way every time. <laughs> I'm a reading, Man? I'm reading A Man. Yeah, it's called A Man by Keichiro... As soon as I tapped it, my Kindle thing came up and covered isn't it. Uh, isn't that by Tobias Junke? <laughs> that's the man inside me. So uh, that's right. <laughs> when, when I was flipping through Netflix today, I noticed that that was the icon for Arrested Development, and that made me happy, <laughs> the, the cover of the man inside me. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's great. A Man by Keiichiro Hirano. It's about uh, a woman who... <laughs> Like her. I'm sorry. It just, just the first two words of your description had to be a woman. Yeah. You just stop there. What's this book about? It's called A Man. It's about a woman. I also, I watched... You know, I'm going to start writing these things down because <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I watched this. So I get to talk about this on the podcast. And now I I completely forget. Oh, I finally got around to watching season one of Homecoming. On oh, Amazon nice. Prime. So with uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really good. I Yeah. I, I haven't started season two yet, but season one was really great. Uh, I'm glad it was half hour episodes because I ended up watching them the whole season in about two days <laughs> yeah it's amazing uh, how half hour episodes really do make a difference you notice the difference they do and i mean they're really compelling episodes too but yeah i love the whole tone um i've been watching a couple things this week i mean i've, I've been re i think i mentioned it before but uh maya and i are re-watching the office so we're in like we're in season four of the office now nice. and spoiler alert for any of you weirdos that have never watched the office have you watched the office <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked before you got to the spoiler. So, um, no, I started watching it when it first came on because I love the British office. I started watching it and I'm still, it, this has been like two months and I'm still in season two, mm-hmm. but it's, it's one of those things where I just, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, let me throw in an episode of the office. And it's just something nice, n- nice to have. On, right. especially when there's so much stuff going on in the world right just to have something that's funny and sweet definitely and well anyway the spoiler that i'm going to give is not a spoiler to pretty much anyone who knows anything about media jim and pam are together oh <laughs> they, yeah yeah like that's that's the spoiler because maya wasn't sure i mean maybe she knew but like we finally got to the episodes where jim and pam are together like after all the stuff that happens so it's like yeah. it was such like a such a great like they did such a good job of building that whole thing and playing with it for a for a long while before it happened and then like so when it really happens it's like a nice like breath of relief to see them like happy together finally it's nice to relive it 
and watch somebody else be like, oh, I can't believe she's with that guy or X, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that's one of the things I've been rewatching. Uh, mostly I've been listening to this podcast called Seen on Radio. Um, and they have a series from a few years ago called Seeing White. Um, and it's like a 16 part series and it's really, 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 really great. Um, and it's just kind of examining how, like how race is seen and how it's, how it was created in the U S and so I, I'd highly recommend that one. It's called seen on radio is the podcast and it's in season two is their seeing white series. That sounds like something I would be really into as long as I remember to start listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> So this week we are watching Sleepwalk with Me, which is Mike Berbelia's first movie. <laughs> well, in America, you're annoying. <laughs> and I hope that everyone listening knows something about Mike Berbelia's comedy, <laughs> or you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of jokes you don't understand. <laughs> and now everyone has stopped listening. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I do recommend Mike Birbiglia very highly and all of his stuff. Like he's he's definitely one of my favorite comedians of you know the last ten years for sure. And you know what? He's one of the only comedians I can think of that honestly I think just constantly gets better. Yeah, no, I agree. Like everything he puts out is just better than the last thing, and he's he, he's he's not afraid to try new things. And I think his style lends itself to you know, branching out that way. That's why he has a movie. They know this movie is based on his one man show slash standup that, you know, his standup that turned into a one man show and then was off Broadway or on Broadway and then was a movie. So, yeah. So, uh, I was going to say, yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard to call Mike Birbiglia, uh, a standup comedian because that's only half of his show, uh, right. these days. So, He's he's much more of a storyteller, and he's a fantastic storyteller. Definitely. Um, and it's just that his his stories are riddled with jokes, but he's he's making sure at his his shows these days that you're getting one big cohesive story with all these kind of mini stories in them. But they're very funny and very dramatic. The, the new one is probably the most dramatic. I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but, yeah, it was great. So he, but he started off as just a, a comedian who who told jokes that were somewhat story based. But uh, when he came out and started doing the Sleepwalk with Me show, that's when he took the turn into I'm I'm kind of a storyteller who does one man shows that are also funny now. And oh, I think we should say right up front that I think we're both very biased to enjoy Sleepwalk with Me. <laughs> yes. um, because about, what was it, 12 years ago, maybe? 13? In 07 or 08? Um, it started with, first, Dimitri Martin, the comedian, was testing out new material at a club in New York. Yeah. and Rafifi. Yeah, I, went, I think I only got into one of those. But you yes. went to another one where one of his openers was a comedian that I'm not sure you had seen before, Mike Birbiglia. Right. Who I remember 
you specifically wrote down some of his jokes because you thought they were so funny and you wanted to tell me. Yeah. What one was about how he just wanted a cell phone that was just a phone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but so then I think it was only a couple months later, it was certainly less than a year later that he announced he was going to be working stuff out in a small club in New York City as well uh, at Union Hall. And so yeah, it was, it was it's, that's a great club. It was, it was 10 bucks. Yep. We, we got there nice and early. It was seat yourself. Like did you, pa- did, did you parallel park? I think I remember you parallel parking and being like, you, <laughs> you did a good job. You parallel parked. <laughs> uh, possibly. I, re- I remember there being at least one instance of me doing a good job parallel parking. <laughs> I, I do know how to parallel park. I just get into my own head too much when I start yeah. to do it and, and start to mess up, especially in cities where there's especially so in, little in, room in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I had to parallel park to get my license, so I do know how to do it. <laughs> and also in front of my dad's house, I often have to do that as well. Right. Anyway. Uh, so it was 10 bucks. We got there early. It was folding chairs. We sat with our knees to the stage. Yep. We were directly it, it, up front in the front row. And Mike Birbiglia, who at this point is a comedian I had never seen before, which is not something I often do, is go see comedians who I don't know are going to make me laugh, (laughs) comes out. He's got pages of notes because he hasn't memorized the whole thing yet, but it's still just a really hilarious show. I remember sitting there and I was laughing naturally anyway, but he just kept looking at me yes (laughs) like he just kept every couple minutes he would just look straight into my eyes and was that funny (laughs) yeah and i was like now i feel like like i'm here to see him perform but i feel like i'm i'm now the performer and i have to make sure he knows (laughs) that i think the jokes are funny and so i had to over exert my laughter and then I, i remember after the end of the show uh when we got out to walk out, you said, seemed like he was really looking at you a lot. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so wait, and which was the, uh, was it, it wasn't that, was it that show or did we come there again? When We definitely I got, went there a second time. Okay. So yeah. when I got, when I got up to pee during the, one of his jokes. Yeah. So um, it was, he was talking was, about Tommy and Gina. Tommy and, Ta- Tommy and Tammy, isn't it? Tommy and Tammy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy and, and Tammy. And you're like, all right, man, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And you got up and walked out and he was like, and there goes Tommy now. <laughs> so I feel like we both have an intimate relationship with Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> I feel like it's official that we are his favorite audience members he's ever yeah. had. And you can tell that if you want to look at the picture we took with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I didn't look it up, but we, we should post it when this episode goes up. Absolutely. Because I, I was describing it to Alex last night that, <laughs> like, usually, if if someone gets a photo with a celebrity, like, even if you don't know who the celebrity is, like, you you can probably tell that they've gotten their photo with someone who is famous or who who they think is famous, as <laughs> it's usually one person with a really big laugh, and then the other person with like the casual. Like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'll smile for you. Take a picture. Like, like they just have a look about them in, in most pictures. Um, but my picture, I think both of our pictures, I'm sure. I've seen mine way more often, obviously. But the, the picture with Mike Birbiglia is 
one of the most accurate pictures of microbiglia you'll ever see because it looks like it looks like we basically assaulted a man on the street <laughs> for a picture. Uh, and we wanted a picture and and he didn't even see the camera. Yeah, it's like, very it's definitely a very Mike Birbiglia picture. <laughs> if I you want to know, like know his personality, just look at his image. <laughs> I can't remember, but I, I feel like he's not looking at the camera and he just looks bewildered. He's definitely bewildered, that's the right that, word for it. That someone is standing next to him. Yeah. And it's just it's one of my favorite pictures i've ever gotten with someone like that <laughs> i agree um yeah it's great and uh i think of that whenever i think about us going there um yeah. but uh, and also i i know I, I said he was using the notes we he was doing it for four weeks we went back two weeks later and he was completely off book oh yeah and um i think it i think it was with the other one um with uh, Rafifi from Rafifi, when, or maybe when we didn't get to see Dimitri and we went to to Whiskey River. That was a great night. And I believe we were also speaking of cell phones that are only cell phones. Um, when we were trying to catch the one fourteen a.m. train at uh, Madison Square Garden or in uh, mm-hmm. at Penn Station, when we were running through, and I was playing the final countdown while we were running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I remember. I think of that often. Not not the final countdown part. I forgot about that detail, even though I love it. Uh, the reason I remember running through Penn Station to get to the train is because you complimented my form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I run now a couple times a week, so I, I have somewhat decent form now, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what running form was back then. So the fact that anyone was complimenting it really said, especially <laughs> someone who runs as often as you do. It set you up for, uh, for success in the future. <laughs> um, sure. Take credit. <laughs> for uh all of the weight loss i've experienced in the past year for a comment you made it's a very about michael 12 years ago very michael scott thing to do but i remember <laughs> when i was playing the final countdown you were like turn that off i'm not gonna be able to run anymore you're laughing oh, like, oh right laughing, I was laughing too hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I couldn't i couldn't breathe yeah uh it's whiskey river um, it's whiskey river i wonder but, if mike still uh, whiskey river i don't think is still there but i wonder if i still like to think mike still works there and, uh, yeah, I think he, I think it's just closed, and he just works there. But he lives there and, and works there. He still takes shots with the customers. Yeah, he just while, while he's working, invites his friends over and serves them whiskey. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that I, he I was just, just like it. listening to our story, nodding along while he started yeah. pouring whiskey, and none of us ordered a drink yet, and he yeah, poured the one more than we we had people. <laughs> yeah, because our story was we were going to Club Rafifi to see Dimitri Martin, right, and. <laughs> There were no more tickets, or there was like one more ticket, but there were three of us. Right. Uh, club owner, our bartender, didn't tell us that there was standing room only as well in addition to the tickets that we yeah. could have just stood there and yeah, they would have let that. us in. <laughs> but so so we just walked down the street, found, you know, dejected that we didn't see Dimitri Martin and found Whiskey River. And yeah, as we were telling Mike, the bartender, about that, uh, who seemed to know who Dimitri Martin was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're telling him our kind of sob story of the night, and he just pulls out four shot glasses, three people, four shot glasses, yeah. and just fills them all up. Doesn't even look at, at the shot glasses like he's looking us in the eye as he fills yeah. them up. And <laughs> as we finish telling him the story of how sad we are, we uh, don't get to see D- Dimitri Martin. He lifts up one of the shot glasses himself and is like, hey, man, it's Risky River. <laughs> 
and does a <laughs> shot with us. Yeah. So it was basically uh, whiskey, shots of whiskey and Who Garden that night. And uh, then it was me yeah. and me and Chuck singing, I, Who, who's going to drive us home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then. It was, it was Chuck. <laughs> I mean, it was Jeff. It was Jeff. <laughs> And then later, later that night, because we were there for a while, he did it again. <laughs> like we, we, we were just hanging out talking again, and he just poured out four more shot glasses and did yeah. it again. No, no one even asked. I love it. It's like that's like his. That's just his character trait. Like that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's awesome. It was such a good night. It was a good time we had. <laughs> it was. So. So we haven't talked about the movie yet. <laughs> yeah, so Sleepwalk With Me, sleep or the way you said it, Sleepwalk With Me. Um, I, uh, you know, I feel like I could watch this movie often, you know, maybe once a year. But I, re- I also realized how, as, as much as I liked this movie, I like his like newer stuff better, which I like about him that like he's getting better. And I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, I could watch this, but I probably watch my girlfriend's boyfriend uh, more times a year than I watch this. Mm-hmm. See, part of the reason why I like watching this movie, even though I haven't watched it in a few years, is that it's the one show he doesn't have a live video out for. He has the album, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have like the live special to watch. So I have to watch the movie. Right. Uh, if, if I mean, I love hearing him talk, but I love seeing his face when he talks too. So if I want to see him tell the story, I have to watch the movie. And I mean, yeah, I've... It's not as good as I, I think. I think the new one is kind of his best show, mm-hmm. but um, but I I'd probably end up watching Sleepwalk with Me more uh, for I think the main reason is that this is basically the movie that I always thought I was going to make when I was in high school and college. How so? Uh, well, it's just. So in high school and college, a lot of the scripts I started writing that I never finished were very talky, probably narrated relationship stories, just like this one, uh, going for tones, just like this one. Um, It's what I wanted out of a movie, uh, out of a relationship movie specifically in in college, really. Um, I mean, I had just much like... Mike did in writing this story because it was his high or college girlfriend that he was with for eight years. And then, you know, they finally broke up and he started telling this story about it. Um, you know, in college I had gone through one of my first major breakups that really hurt. Like mm-hmm. I'd gone through a major breakup before, but this was the one that hurt. Um, which is when I started watching like high fidelity and say anything and those right. movies. But yeah, just um, I was always trying to write that movie where the the main guy was very earnestly talking to the camera or, or narrating the story in some way. Of course, mm-hmm. if I went back, I think none of those scripts exist. I'm sure if I went back, I'd realize that they all suck and are not fair to the female characters in those stories. But... That uh, that's not true. I think of this one, and I think that's why it's basically the movie I wanted to make. And then Mike Birbiglia made it. Mm. Now I just get to watch it. Well, that's nice too. Which is fun too. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
it's I, I don't even know where to start with with this one because it's well I mean it's so well known to me like I felt like it, it, it had been several years since I watched it and I felt like um you know there would be plenty of things that I forgot about and, and there were a lot of little things and like like scenes like with his parents and stuff that I forgot about but nothing surprised me this time you know like I just every broad stroke I probably could have told you most of the story if you if you had asked just yeah. by heart. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's well it's just, now it's just good <laughs> as I've as I've said about some of the other th- films that we've watched that I've seen. Obviously, I like I, I've been, I'm enjoying watching them with a critical eye or looking for details or even mm-hmm. just j- just the act of making notes. I start noticing things. Um, it's like going back to watch Arrested Development. You start noticing so many more the next time you watch it. Um, sure. So many more jokes. But, um, sure, that keeps on giving. In the very beginning, I, I, I really liked that. I don't think I've ever picked up on it or thought of it this way. That when he's in the apartment and he says... Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Yes. Uh, because I made a note on this line as well. Is <laughs> When they're looking at apartments and, and he says... I, I think we should see other apartments. <laughs> he said, I think we should see uh, other places. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I didn't notice that any other time either, but when I was watching it last night, I was like, yep. okay, clearly within the first scene of the movie, he's letting you know yeah. he's, he's uncomfortable in this relationship. Yeah, definitely foreshadowing. And I love that. Um, <laughs> I think it's great that we both noted that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there was something else. Oh, I saw there was, um, he was talking about like, when you're falling in love the first time it's transcendent and all that stuff. And he was, he, there was a scene of them jumping on the bed together, like him and the girl jumping on the bed. together. Oh yeah. And then, and later then he the jumps movie, on the bed when he, when he gets his first paying gig. Yeah. He's in like, he's falling in love with comedy. Like he's jumping on the bed by himself in the hotel room. Wow. I really like, I like that. That just made me happy. Cause I, I didn't pick up on that, but you're <laughs> absolutely correct. Yeah. That was great. Um, so also, um, when he's describing something transcendent, like falling in love, he says it's like finding pizza flavored ice cream. A mountain of pizza flavored ice cream and delusion. <laughs> because one thing, if 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 the people here have never heard of Mike Birbiglia, pizza is basically his favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, pizza flavored ice cream. I would try it. I would try it. Um, I don't know if I would like it, but I would try it. Um. But I also, I, uh, this is a, a curiosity or something that I thought about. Did, when he was talking about the uh, neck pillow made of pizza, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a joke he's done. And I went like in the in the movie, the other guy, like another comic says it to him after the show when they're standing outside. And he's like, uh, you know, it would be great if I had, if we had a pizza, uh, you know, or a neck pillow made out of pizza, you could just eat it and fall asleep which is his joke, but it's like another comic giving it to him. I wonder if like that was just a throwaway kind of thing that he did, or if like that's kind of how it came about. So <laughs> kids these days probably don't understand these inventions called DVDs. Sure. But since, I've, I've since it's not it. on Netflix anymore, I, I own the DVD of sleepwalk with me. And when it went off last night, I, I thought, I bet there are bonus features on here that I've never watched. <laughs> And there, there was a making of and, and a Q and A, and and I watched both of them. And so apparently, they went to you know film that sequence, and with the the pizza <clears throat> pillow around his neck, yeah, 
but they they realized that they never set it up in the script. (laughs) So, so, and that actor is a friend of Mike's. So he was just like, Oh, we should just do a scene where we're hanging out outside. He's having a cigarette or whatever. And and he brings it up. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize that obviously because I haven't seen the extras. Yeah, <laughs> but now I kind of want to watch the extras because I just, I mean, the thing, I love Mike Perbiglia's podcasts, plural, and like mm-hmm. basically just any, I just like hearing him talk. So I'm glad Me he's too. doing a podcast finally. Um, so, um, yeah, but I mean, the movie itself, it kind of, it starts off, it, 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 the exposition is good and easy and simple to follow and all that. And then he starts talking about like, you know, he's, he's obviously working as a bartender in a comedy club. So he's like looking at the realistic goals of comedy that one comedian that went on after him was like, uh, I used to think, uh, I'd get big, make get big, uh, as a comic. And then I just tried to make a living being a comic. And now I'm just hoping I find 20 bucks on the street. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. like that joke is like sadly very true, which is how, you know, that's very much Mike's comic style. It's all very true. But, mm-hmm. um, I like that idea. Like that's kind of true for everybody. Like you, you, you have these big, aspirations and dreams of what your career will be and then you're like well maybe i can just make a living taking photos of races <laughs> and then, well i just hope somebody just give me just gives me money one day um mm-hmm. you, you kind of uh, start uh whittling down the dreams into reality uh totally uh i i you know you might have a dream of writing movies one day and then one day you might settle for four people watching you on Instagram live talk about a movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I did notice that almost every time it showed a clip of a comedian on stage that wasn't Mike Birbiglia, they were talking about like the realities of being a comedian. Mm-hmm. And Mike, Mike says something in this, in the movie also that I've heard him say multiple times throughout different, um, different specials or whatever, where he says like um, amidst like the failure of, going up there and uh, bombing on stage, just not doing well. You have to keep on telling yourself that it's going pretty, pretty okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or you, or you would never get on stage again. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wrote it down. He said, uh, you have to tell yourself it's going quite nicely. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Quite nicely. Which is Um, a very Mike Birbiglia phrasing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it is, it is funny that he was talking about um, when uh, uh, they went to the, their sister, his sister's wedding. Um, they were talking about the card that they got and he said, I got, I got her a card. Uh, it doesn't really, a lot of the stuff doesn't really apply. I don't know if I should cross some things out, uh, or maybe write in something about the divorce rates. Like, <laughs> 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 I like that like they're going to a wedding and he's already like kind of bringing up his like anti marriage stuff right there in the, in their, uh, you know, in, in the exposition when they're heading to the wedding before they even talk about getting married themselves. Yeah. And you, you know, it's funny that that scene, I, I think that's the scene where he shows up outside of Abby's work, right? Like he has the card oh. with him then. Oh yeah. 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 And she has the, they both have coffee. Yeah. So, um, apparently the, when they first, uh, made the movie and were doing like test screenings, people couldn't understand why Abby was with Matt, which in my notes, I had to, at some point, force myself to start typing in the name Matt because <laughs> Mike Birbiglia renamed himself Matt in the movie. Um, they couldn't understand why Abby was with Matt. And so they added in 
a scene of him showing up outside of her work with like almonds and water and all of a sudden people like the movie <laughs> so and weird. like the and like the the relationship yeah that he said that in the Q&A he was like and you fell for it sheep <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's all it takes yeah <laughs> I realize how how much we're being uh, manipulated when it comes to uh film <laughs> um, well i mean stories I want to be manipulated by a story. No, me too. But it's funny how but, simple how simple it is to make other humans like all like lead in one direction and, and like a character versus not like them. Oh, sure. I mean, we just talked about that in our live Instagram earlier today with uh, the USS Callister mm-hmm. about how they they made us like him as or, or be on his side. Yeah, until like we learned, with him. <laughs> until we learned, you know, that we should not. Yeah. Um. But in this case, Matt is supposed to be the sympathetic main character whose story right. you're on. Yeah. So, and now he then he gets on stage and he starts stops doing his like Cookie Monster cop jokes that he's been doing for you know ten <laughs> year, t- t- eight years since college, and then finally starts talking about his real life and making these real you know Mark Mulheron tells him to uh, <laughs> uh, tells yeah. him oh you should that that's funny he says something like offhandedly to him and he's like oh you should say that on stage like. Uh, married until i know nothing else good could happen to me in my life which is a wonderful line um, yes and i like that he says like i've never looked at my parents marriage and been like i gotta get me some of that yeah <laughs> a- a- any marriage that's lasted over 30 years yeah um but it's interesting um, like it's just they're talking about that like when we know from future specials and things like that that mike was never planning on having like getting married you never really believed in marriage but like yeah. he's been with you know he's been with this girl for eight years you know it's not a marriage thing when he even talks to her about it he says like you didn't want to get married did you and she was like are you asking me like, so like no. you see how their like ideas on that diverge there yeah so I mean we haven't even really said what the movie is about which we don't do for everything we record but this is a simple enough story that I think we could say it in like two sentences yeah so it's it, Mike. Perpiglia plays Matt Pandapiglio. Pandapiglia. Pandapiglio is how he is uh, introduced right, that's in, how on, Christian on stage. Says it. Yeah, yeah that's because she didn't know. His agent gave her the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. It, and I remember seeing the trailer for the movie, and that, that scene of her calling him Matt Pandapiglio is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And Mike Perpiglia has a joke about getting called the wrong name. Yep. And being called, you know, Mike Bahuski. Mike Briggledy. <laughs> and so when I saw the trailer, I thought she was just getting it completely wrong by <laughs> no. calling him Matt in the first place. <laughs> she was and, much closer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's uh, Matt. What is it? Pamiglia? <laughs> also, I want to say. It was probably like uh, 25 sentences right there. and We haven't even talked about what the movie's about yet. Just the name of the character. <laughs> so, <laughs> we can probably well, explain what this movie's about after like, we like, describe the character's name. Yeah. Like you said in our Instagram live today, this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, so. Um, Matt Pandamiglia. Pandamiglia. Um, <laughs> he wants to, is kind of not even a struggling comedian because he's not even a comedian he's just a bartender at a comedy club but he he wants to be a comedian right and he's in a relationship with a woman who he he 
He's been with since college, and yeah, he's and, not sure yeah. if he wants to get married. She's starting to feel like she does want to get married. And have kids. Yeah, she's like T-vote all those marriage and baby shows on the TV, which really kind of tips him off. Maybe he's in denial still. Yeah, that's the Tommy and Tammy part. Um, yeah. But as that relationship starts going on the downturn, uh, his success with comedy actually starts going up. Yeah. Um, and it's just... It's an hour and 20 minutes. That's pretty much everything that happens in the movie. And they are inversely um, proportional because like once his the relationship starts, starts going bad, he starts talking about his relationship on stage, which in turn helps his comedy get, you know, helps people connect with his comedy and he finds, he finds his voice. Yeah. Um, which is of, of course, uh, Mike Birbiglia, Mike Birbiglia makes this movie because that's, how comedy works for him in, in real life. You're right. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm still surprised with how honest the new one is. Yeah. That's great. About, I mean, about mm-hmm. fatherhood uh, mm-hmm. with his daughter. But and, and anyway, he's getting more and more on the road and he's kind of just having a relationship on the phone with his, with his girlfriend as yeah. he's get you know, as he's getting more gigs and even though the gigs are not always treating him well, he's like loving, this like a lifestyle on the road and getting to travel as a comedian since that's what he wants to be. And, um, you know, he's meeting new people. He's falling in love with the, the, the life, the, the job he's falling in love with being a comedian. Yeah. Oh, and ob- we have to mention that he's also discovering that he has a sleep disorder. Oh yes. <laughs> that causes him to sleepwalk. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it, it's like a life threatening disorder because, Ultimately, in the movie, he ends up jumping out a window. Which but, he, he, he ignores until he jumps out the window. Where yes. at, at one point, he even says, um, I was I was going to go to the doctor, and then I thought, maybe I'll have dessert. <laughs> I, ended so I, having dessert. dessert. I ended up having dessert. <laughs> yeah. And it even outlines all the things that he, he should be doing before going to bed to... Which is what help, he's doing. <laughs> Which help, he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 to help make it easier or, or better when he's sleeping. But yeah, yeah. there's just a like, great shot of th- like, there's more than one shot of him doing all of those things all at once. Yeah. It was like, that, turn off the news, turn off the TV. Don't be on your phone and don't eat big meals. And he's like on his phone in front of the TV with his laptop open and a pizza open on the other bed. <laughs> yeah. He, and it's, he's it's like, great. those are my four favorite things to do before bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those just happen to be the four favorite things. There's one little moment that adds absolutely nothing to the story, but I just, I love Mike Barbiglia's obsession with pizza. So I love the scene where he's in the hotel room and he has the flyer for the pizza place out and he call he's calling and ordering a pizza and he's like, <laughs> Hey, um, are, do you cut your slices in triangles or squares? And then there's a the polish. And he's like, oh, okay. Because on the picture, it looks like squares. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like. I, I love. I mean, it just kind of, it just makes him like him more. It's like that's his character, and like he has like this neurosis about yeah. about pizza. Yeah, but not only that, but it makes it understandable why he's not considering anything close to marriage or children because well, he's yeah. a child. Well, like, that's what he, he says in the beginning. He he's, like, he's concerned. Well, yeah, he says I, I needed to figure out basic things. Like, like, where do you what, buy cereal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, what's 
what's my future and where do you buy cereal? <laughs> um, Everything's food based for him. <laughs> I and I almost would like I'd almost think we should do uh like another uh Mike Birbiglia film or special later later on to kind of just discuss the evolution because he's like he's come a long way since this movie. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways like filmmaker, comedian and as a storyteller but also as like a person and where he is in his life. Yeah, he's actually it- the, the real life Mike is just a great example of, I don't even know what word I want to use, but just kind of the melding of everything in life. Like he seems like someone who every single aspect of his life is coming from inside of him, like deeply, mm-hmm. like his, his career, his relationships. Yeah. Like it, it just, it all feels genuine. Yeah, it, it feels genuine. It feels very real, but it just—he seems like he's really figured out how to make his life his life, and mm-hmm. it just all seems like it, it doesn't seem like here's my comedy, here's my wife and my child and my acting career. Like it all just feels like the same thing yeah. coming from him yeah, in, in a very cool way. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh... A role model of mine, I guess. I, I guess you would say, or uh, somebody I look up to as far as like how to put in the work and like find your passion and fault and you know chase it. Mm-hmm. So, which is why I like listening to him talk because he like drops these like little casual nuggets of wisdom once in a while, and I always kind of try to glom onto those. Yeah, although I do, I do have this thing where when I've listened to him talk for you know an hour. Sometimes immediately following my speech pattern will start to mimic his. <laughs> I can see that. Just, I love the way, I, I love what he talks about and the things he says, but the, the way he talks is part of why his jokes are so funny. since I just said he inspires me, like follow my passions and stuff. I think that is like a lot of, that is part of the lesson in this movie where he's like, you know, you can't be afraid to follow your passions and take a risk by like taking a gig. that's not going to pay that much. So, you know, it could, you don't know what it's going to turn into take a risk there, but don't, you know, don't be afraid to also be true to yourself and like speak up in relationships. Like he said at the end, like, we almost spent the rest of our lives together because neither one of us wanted to make the other person mad. (laughs) Even though they both knew that relationship wasn't going to continue. Yeah. I I mean, I mean, are we just talking about lessons now? (laughs) I mean, yeah, unless, I mean, if you have something else to say about the movie, we can go back and put that in there. But I just, I just thought about it because that was what I, what I had written down about the lesson. And I just kind of segued into it based on the, the, the real, like not Matt. Yeah. Although I, I like that you say we covered most of the movie. I feel like we talked about Mike Perbiglia as a person way more than we actually talked about the movie. Um, yes. Before we get to lessons, I just want to say that, A, the actress who plays Abby is really great. Yes, and she's I, from I, Six I, Feet Under. I haven't seen Six Feet Under, but I do feel like I know her from somewhere and I forgot to look her up. Um, and also just getting James Rephorn and um, um, Carol Kane to play his parents 
mm-hmm. must have been so fun for him because Definitely. I mean Carol Kane's great, but James Redborn, who are R.I.P. by the way, um, he's just a, a great character actor, and I I've loved him in everything I've seen him in. But he'll always yeah. be Secretary of Defense Nimziki to me. Yep. From Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say plausible deniability. <laughs> The uh, the casting was wonderful in this movie. Like everybody from the small comics to like like uh, the little people in the background doing spots. Ira Glass was the photographer. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I just know I I only noticed it because of his voice. Like he was out of focus the whole time. There was no mm-hmm. never a clear shot of his face. <laughs> but I heard him saying like, "Okay, now just the bride's family." And that was when he he was like, "Don't you want Abby to come in the picture?" And uh, since we're talking about Abby again, uh, actually this is. This is another thing that's interesting. When he got up on stage for the first one of the first times when Abby was there, and he did his little you know short two joke thing, and he came back to sit down with them, and Abby was like so excited for him, and like was like that was amazing, you did so well, and like it wasn't good, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. two it was two kind of half thought out jokes, um, and you know people didn't really laugh, and he said that's all I got, but he actually took the chance to get up there and stand up there. And do it. And he had somebody like this this woman who was behind him, supporting him and supporting the dreams that he has, which is, you know, that's really important for your, even if you're not that good, it's good to have friends who will tell you, good for you for going up there to do it, can, you know, to motivate you and congratulate you. And then, and then you can sit down and talk about what you can do better later. Well, yeah. Well, because, I mean, uh, the friends from college that are there in that scene, the, the guy is like, yeah. Yeah, we remember that joke from college. It was funny then. Yeah, I think that one was a little. That scene was a little bit later because the first one it was it was just Abby when she like oh, raised oh, his the, hand for him. The Cookie Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but she oh. like I I like that she was I I I will say from like the first time I did stand up at the like open mic, being mm-hmm. like just getting the feedback and like getting laughs was enough to make that a good experience for me, which made me want to do it again. Um, so like just having like that connection in my mind that that was a positive experience, uh, and having, so having Abby be there and say, great job, you did amazing. Like that's going to connect it in his mind with like, it's a positive thing. I should do it again. I should try more. Mm-hmm. She, she's also the one that talks him up to the agent when he meets her out, right. outside. Yeah. Cause she, she was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. You, you, you weren't that good. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't really <laughs> want to take it, but our, our, no, she didn't, she doesn't say you're not good yet because she yeah, hasn't seen him yet. later, but, but Abby's just like, Oh no, he's great. He can host. He's got lots of experience mm-hmm. doing that. Like college, yeah, college kids she, love him. She's very supportive and very helpful in the, in the, in his pursuits, which is great. Yeah. And but I like that. will lead him away from her. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, for the better. Yeah, for sure. For both of them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I like that at the end he says that they are still friends, which is good because they work well together, just not in a relationship. Yeah. We got sidetracked from lessons because I think um, sort of the biggest lesson and and sort of the biggest key to solving both of his problems, uh, the relationship that isn't working and the comedy that isn't funny, is honesty. Mm -hmm. So neither he nor Abby are being honest in the relationship with what they want, really. Even there's the point where he, he cheats on her and it's still got that great, um, he prefaces it by looking at the camera and, and saying, now before this next part, I just want to remind you 
<laughs> you're you're on my side. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of those little things in there. I'm um, in the future also. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, neither of them are really being completely honest in the relationship, which is why it's not working. And all it takes is them having that conversation of saying, I don't think this relationship is working for me. Maybe we should do something else. Mm-hmm. But also, again, like you said, it's when his comedy or when he starts getting honest in his comedy instead of just trying to tell jokes that people start laughing and he starts having success and he starts having fun. You know, I guess the lesson is be honest in the things that you do. Put your real self into into the things. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, I think that complements what I was saying too, or just like you know, be, being true to yourself and speaking up for what you think about us. That 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 actually goes. It, it, I was talking about with the relationship, but it goes equally with your work, especially if you're going to do something like this. Yeah, so I think that's it's a good a good lesson to learn and one that we can both take into our lives. Uh, I I agree. I mean, do you have anything else right now? Uh, no, I don't have anything else. Listener mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish. Um, no, no listener mail. Sorry, we don't have the chimes anyway. Yeah, I mean, we could find chimes. Um, so something I just thought of when we were talking about it earlier, what do you think your transcendent ice cream flavor would be that is love? Like for Mike Birbiglia, it's a mountain of pizza flavored ice cream. I mean, it doesn't have to be ice cream, but it's interesting to mix flavors with ice cream that shouldn't be. Um, I think... Any flavor that would be transcendent for me already exists. Um, <laughs> like, I've, it's rare that I get ice cream, and I'm like, man, I wish they had one of these. There's so many ice creams. Um, I like the um, I like the Colbert cone one from Ben and Jerry's. Mm, um, that is a great one. But like, you know what? The advent, the sl- the slow, and then very quick, uh, very fast. A- shortly after that uh, advent of the vegan flavors of Ben and Jerry's, like. Their their vegan flavors are great, and they have some they have some uh, really really good vegan ones. Like they have the coconut seven layer bar, mm. and like the caramel it's like a caramel mountain thing. I don't know, but those two are fantastic. And like it, it doesn't make me go. Oh, I wish they would put this flavor. They would make this flavor vegan because um, they have so many uh, options in the non dairy um, section now. Right, I uh, I haven't had the Ben and Jerry vegan flavors yet, but I mean, oh I no. Gen- I generally like vegan ice cream, so maybe oh, at some great. point I'll check them out. Yeah, it's all made with almond milk, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have like a transcendent ice cream flavor. Um, I just like ice cream, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you I, could, I, I like ice cream. You could just you could just give me vanilla, and I'd be happy. Me too, but I mean, like a, a flavor that doesn't exist. That if it did exist, I'd be like, that is the ultimate. I mean, I really love cheeseburgers. Because, like, to me, probably the ultimate already exists, which would be chocolate and peanut butter. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. But Because that's maybe, just one of my favorite things. Regardless. Maybe, like, a seitan cheesesteak. <laughs> or or maybe, a, buffalo, a buffalo wing. Ooh. Maybe, like, a, a baked macaroni and cheese ice cream. Mm. But, you see, it doesn't, like... I mean, I feel like this is, like, an episode of, um, of Good, so, Good so, Mythical Morning. Uh, Alex... <laughs> Alex doesn't hear what we're talking about. She just walked out and heard me say baked macaroni and cheese ice cream mm-hmm. and gave me a very fun look. <laughs> I mean, hey, try it. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's an ice cream called Baked Alaska, right? Or is um, that not an ice cream? Is that a cake or something? I think Baked Alaska is like an ice cream cake type thing. 
Okay. But I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I still, for me, it would be like baked macaroni and cheese and then some ice cream afterwards. Like, I don't want to put them together. Sure, but that's not the fucking game, is it? It's not, but I, but, but, that, but I mean, that's why they, that's why I'm having a hard time with the game because I'm like, I, I still don't, I don't think it would be good as an ice cream. No, I, I, I understand. I was just basically going with what. Yeah. It, if there was a guarantee, it would taste good. Combining I think if there was like a, a favorite food with ice cream, probably like seitan, um, seitan buffalo wings ice cream with, with vanilla ice cream. That might actually be good. It's the seitan cheesesteak with no the, the the buffalo wings oh the buffalo wings like abby the abby buffalo wings <laughs> in vanilla yeah. ice cream sorry the the reason i got it wrong was i was half listening because i was looking up baked alaska okay. <laughs> baked alaska is a dessert consisting of ice cream and cake topped with browned meringue which sounds great hmm. it does sound good i got to go get food after this i might there might be some ice cream involved well I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think that about does it. So, hey. Hey. Yeah, I I just completely lost my train of thought for a second. That was at least 50% Um, stuff that didn't have anything to do with the movie. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. We'll we'll cut it up. We will. Um, Well, if anyone has any suggestions for movies or or thoughts on this movie or if we missed anything or, you know, you want to tell us you think we smell funny. Or tell uh, us your 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 uh, flavor of ice cream that would be your uh, transcendent flavor. Oh yeah, I'd like to hear that too. Uh, you can email us at imitatingart1 at gmail dot com. Yeah. And you can find us on the socials, uh, Twitter and Instagram at imitatingartpod. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me individually on most social networks as Big F and Moose. And I am uh, yeah same thing mostly Instagram at Don't Worry I'm Finite. And I think that'll do it for uh, Sleepwalk with me. Uh, great movie. Can't wait to watch yeah. it again and again and again. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the rest of his stuff now. So I'm excited to get into more Mike B- Microbiglia's catalog. Yeah, actually, after the movie, I put on a bunch of Microbiglia last night and just watched <laughs> nice. a bunch of Mike. Time right, for my, well, my girlfriend's boyfriend. Thanks for stopping yeah. by. Yep. <laughs> see you next time. See ya. Don and Chuck will return in Imitating Art with Don and Chuck.